This is episode 256 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Here's how infinite banking works in under 60 seconds. You have to save your money somewhere. Well, we think the best place to save it is inside a cash value life insurance policy. You save some money in there, it grows tax-free for the rest of your life. Then an opportunity or emergency comes comes along. Let's say a few years down the road, you can buy a business, buy a property, buy an income-producing asset. You leverage the infinite banking policy, borrow against your asset, take advantage of the opportunity. But your money still stays in the infinite banking policy. You're not borrowing your money, you're borrowing the insurance company's money. So your money's in the policy, it's in the opportunity, and it's providing a death benefit. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. You get to retirement, you have this massive cash value life insurance, leverage that tax-free, and you don't repay those loans. You sit on the beach and you spend that money tax-free every month, doesn't show up on a tax return, and you leave your family a huge tax-free death benefit. Welcome back to the show. Today I have Jason Yu on, and wow, this was a cool conversation. Uh, to be blunt, the entire episode, I was pretty much just asking Jason how this is possible and um, kind of scratching my head in disbelief at how organized the guy is. He uh, So the, the short story is, in one year, he has over 100 units under his belt, uh, closer to 150, with another 50 or so under contract in the provinces of Newfoundland, New Brunswick, Ontario, Alberta, as well as the state of Texas. So yes, you heard that right, one year. So last December he started. We're in December now as we record this, and that's where he's at. I, I just, I don't think I've ever seen that, that kind of uh, progress in that amount of time from a guy who still seems completely calm, cool, and collected. We really dug into how this is possible, the processes, the mindset, and uh, it was just, I wish I had two, three, four more hours with him um, to just dig in on this because it was fascinating absolutely fascinating interview. And I think you're going to really enjoy that. So I don't think I need to give it any more introduction than that. Uh, buckle up your seatbelt. You're going to enjoy this one. If you're new to real estate investing, I'm just going to remind you that if you go right back to the first 10 episodes, that's where the fundamentals are really laid out. Clearly, uh, there's a huge focus on that because I knew that this podcast was starting from scratch and I would have a lot of newbies. If that's you, go back there, brush up, and then come on up to these episodes and uh, enjoy. So uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, um, you know, it's not the same times as it used to be, you know, not as many people are interested in real estate investing. So the best thing you can do if you're appreciating the podcast to help it grow is to share it with somebody. Uh, if you're, uh, if you're enjoying it, please do that. It would really help and it would really be appreciated. So share it, review it, five stars, uh, comment, like all that stuff. And uh, thank you. I'll see you on the other side. Please enjoy episode 256. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hyde's Real Estate Investing Podcast. I've got Jason Yu. And he was referred from uh, a recent guest, Sumon. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Jason, thanks for being here. No, thank you. Uh, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation because I know you came from a great source. So uh, why don't you start by uh, just telling me a little bit about yourself, uh, what led you to be a real estate investor, what the mm -hmm. story behind that is? Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't know if I'm as great as Sumon, so thank you for that. I'm sure I'll plug mm him -hmm. there. But uh, well, how I started really is just like everyone else, right? You know. I've been stuck in my job for a long time, right? Family mm -hmm. situation wasn't the greatest. Tried to find some freedom, right? And uh, yeah. basically, that's what I started in and happened to connect with the right people at the right time uh, and really accelerate in the last, I would say, 17 months. Oh, kind, yeah? kind of late to the game, you know? Like, uh, 
last 17 months have been some <laughs> tough months, man. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's been a long time coming and, uh, you know, yeah. better late than never, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, that's that's definitely true. Like, do you mind giving some context? Like, how, like how far along are you in your career before you made this move? Yeah, so uh, you know, career professional, you know, twenty years of experience from working. Yeah, and you know, the nine to five really wasn't doing for me. You know, all the effort I put in. But you made it twenty years. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I can't believe it's that long. But uh, I thought, you know, there must be something more, right? The rat race wasn't doing it for me traveling yeah. so long and uh so really the context here is that i tried to find an alternative way right and i felt yeah. in the last 17 months connecting with the right folks and really getting to the real estate game i've been lucky to get over 100 doors so 100 doors in 17 months yeah i mean that's not small well it's... i mean it depends you can do that <laughs> you could do that in one deal but you know it's, yeah. it's not it's not common for somebody to, to do no. that their first and it's a mixed bag too, right? Yeah. So, so give me the, yeah. Uh, well, first off, like, are you like born and raised in Ontario or you? Yeah. So family, yeah. immigrant family, okay. right? Uh, from uh, Shanghai, Hong Kong. That's my, where my parents were from. Okay. Uh, you know, I grew up in Scarberia, right? <laughs> Not the nicest of neighborhoods, right? Um, we didn't have much growing up yeah. in Scarborough and, you know, we worked our way up. Well, actually we tried and, uh, you know, just like the good immigrant thing for my family, get a job, right? Well, first get a degree, get a pass school. Yeah. And that was kind of tough for me a bit at the beginning, but get that degree, get the job, and you should be set for life. What degree did you do? Well, I did engineering, the numbers thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I wasn't very good at it. Right? No. So I did another degree, which was uh, business, right? Business school and all that. Okay. Wasn't good at that as well as much as well, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, did made do and stuck to a job for twenty years, as I said. What and, was the job? Well, in banking, right? Banking, okay. Yeah, tried that, and then yeah, it couldn't go anywhere after that. So it was like a, a investment banking, working in a corporate head office. Well, or? started in IT, right? Okay. Did some you know commercial work, right? Yeah. Um, I joined a digital bank, which is part of the same bank, so Scotia. Yeah owns tangerine bank right yeah yeah you heard of tangerine bank yeah it used to be ing ing yeah challenger they wanted to try something different because i wanted to try something different so i joined them yeah you know on the outside it looks great um so are you saying that you just like exited your career and went full into real estate <laughs> yeah you know i just said forget this <laughs> so you must have you must have had yeah. a pretty good um a pretty good nest egg of of cash saved up that you could inject um, into the real estate well i invested in the wrong deal like, okay. like when i was working so i invested in a toronto uh single family opportunity didn't cash flow yeah and you know i exited by this selling it had some cash lying around to start this work yeah. effort but really my portfolio today has really been through investments so yeah. what were you coming into it with then? So well, let's start with the year context. Yeah. Like what year was this and what were you bringing to the game? Yeah. So uh, 2022. Uh, late That's when you bought the first multi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little late to the game, right? Um, That's hilarious. But then before that was one rental property. Yeah, it was one um, town in, in Toronto. Okay. And, the, but, and you had already had uh, your home as well? Yeah, I have a home. Yeah, home so, in Scarborough. Here's the thing. Uh, well, I grew up in Scarborough, right? Yeah. Uh, or the homes against, in Toronto as well. well. No, nothing against Scarborough. I grew up there, right? Yeah. yeah. Didn't want to live there, but you know, I'm married, 
kids, right? So I moved away. Uh, but yeah, I never I keep my investment portfolio separate than you know my home. Of course, right? So investment side, you know, at the town, yeah, uh, in in uh, Toronto, and yeah, I had it for a couple of years, right? As I said, spent years just getting that down payment, you know, saving mm-hmm. the money the traditional way, getting it under contract, buying it, and I thought I was set, right? Yeah. I negative cash flowed every month for the entire time I held it. And so. when did you buy that one? Uh, 2018. Okay, yeah. so you had a few good years of growth in that in that property. Absolutely. Yeah. So you must have made hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity. I did. If I didn't borrow that money, <laughs> I'll borrow the money as well. So yeah. Well, of course you had yeah. to, you you had your mortgage right. Sure. On that. Yeah. Uh, what did you buy that one for? For context. I think about uh, about five hundred, six hundred. Yeah, not bad for a town in Toronto. Yeah, uh, North I feel Toronto. Like that, yeah, I feel like that doesn't really exist anymore. But no. maybe it's coming back a little. Yeah. Um, and then what did you end up selling it for? Uh, I sold it for about uh, eight. Eight. Okay. okay, so a few yeah. hundred G's of upside. That's good. Yeah. But the negative cash flow hurt the whole time. Oh yeah, I couldn't get good tenants. I mean, had pretty terrible tenant stories where I had tenants that didn't yeah. pay rent and uh, yeah. they couldn't get them out because of the landlord tenant act and. Uh, yeah, so I just said it's not for me. Okay, Try something different. Yeah, and when you exited that, that was, so you got that sold in twenty twenty two. Yeah, and yeah. then it's a good year to sell it. I know I'm lucky, right? <laughs> did you sell it prior to March or uh, I, around March? I was oh, like God. around March. I was so lucky. Like I listed it and I sold in March. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great, man. That's so you, you had the sale agreement before and it closed in March? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> couldn't have timed it better. Yeah, no, beginner's luck. Let's just say that. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it all it all worked out then yeah. for you. And then um, where did you buy? Where'd you start looking? Like, and, and what, like, who yeah. was your influence that kind of helped you? Well, you know, as I said, I joined social media, different communities, right? Yeah. Um, all that education when growing up, I was kind of done with school. So really yeah. through, uh, you know, uh, different communities, that yeah. you see, I don't know if I should name drop them or not here or not, but you can. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any censorship <laughs> on that. Like. But but uh, no, certainly, uh, you know, investor Mel and Dave looked at yeah. that. Uh, Wealth Genius M One, right? These different communities, which I didn't really join. Didn't right? join. You're just observing, observing and yeah. learning from their concepts. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I joined one of them just to see how it went. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And what I did was from there is uh, take some of the best practices, right? for yeah. multifamily not single family i started looking for cash flow opportunities which means not the uh south uh, western ontario market well right. that was the obvious question and having yeah. had suman on here i'm assuming you went uh <laughs> east or west well <laughs> i started east yeah yeah, worked my way west. Yeah, then down south, right? Okay, so, so similar pattern. It's <laughs> a lot of people, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. east, you went to New Brunswick. Yeah, I started multifamily. First one was a uh, fiveplex, right? And then from fiveplex. there, fiveplex. And what'd yeah. you buy that one for? Fiveplex was for like crazy, right? It was like three fifty or something like that. So three fifty for a fiveplex. Yeah, well, we're talking in like, like St. John or something. Uh, northern Bathurst. Bathurst, okay. Uh, which is north, uh, mid north New Brunswick. And how did yeah. you decide on that area? Was it just price point? Price point, but uh, you know, coming from an immigrant family, I looked at. Um, you know the uh, the net migration from immigrants. There's a lot of pent up demand from the, mm-hmm. the pandemic, right? Yeah. And uh, I was lucky enough to connect with a uh, immigration lawyer in Moncton, mm-hmm. and you know I met her. I traveled there. You know I like to visit my properties when I can. Nice. And uh, she said, you know, through her immigration uh, backlog, she said there's a ton of people going into that area. So I thought, oh, okay, oh, okay. She had sure. some inside info. Yeah, I 
lucky, I guess. I stumbled upon it. Um, and then I cool. decided to just start there, right? And then from there, it's been, you know, many different purpose-built, um, larger Maltese, right, throughout New Brunswick, um, Alberta, right, uh, Newfoundland, well, forgot about Newfoundland, Alberta, and then uh, Texas, yeah. so. Texas now. Yeah. Um, out of those first, you know, the Canadian part. Yeah, Canadian so part. Are you still looking to buy in New Brunswick or Newfoundland? I think I'm done with the Maritimes. I brought my family out there a couple of months ago and just, you know, just to look at it because I have uh, long-term, mid-term, and short-term out there. You're uh, short-term out there? Yeah, and so there's a place called Shediac, right? Okay. It's uh, about 15 minutes away from Moncton. There's a beach there called Parley Beach. It's right on the Atlantic. It's gorgeous, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, you know what? This is supposedly the lobster capital. There's a ton of lobster they fish out of there. I thought, hey, maybe short-term might work there. So, um, Also, my wife likes lobster, so... <laughs> gotta get, gotta set up a place where I can go, right? I don't want to be a hotel, right? So I set up uh, one of my units to be STR, and okay, yeah. So in a multifamily building, one yeah. STR, and is there? There's no regulation stopping you from doing that. No, yet? well, Shediac is a tourist town. It's really a three seasons area, mm-hmm. and uh, really STR there. I wanted to capture that, you know, the premium I can charge during lobster season, summer season, because you've got an ocean yeah. beach there as well. And you know, they literally opened what I call Canada's first lobster science center. Okay. And it's like the Science Center, right? So this is working out well for you? It's okay. <laughs> well, you get, you get that discount uh, uh, lobster opportunities because um, my it's a, per, it's a mixed-use property, which some retail in the front. Okay. And then residential. In the front, there's a, like a restaurant as well. Oh, I come the, in, you know. they serve lobster? Yeah, yeah. All-day breakfast and lobster as well. I mean, I think every retail um, restaurant in that area serves some sort of lobster. So I, uh, you know, I just say, hey. You know, I'm the landlord. Just want to try your food out, and hey, they give me some preferential treatment, which is good. Yeah. So let's just recap: a hundred <laughs> units, and your first one closed when? Uh, late 2022. Yeah. So you're like a year in. Yeah. That's like that's really well, aggressive growth. Yeah. How many different buildings? Um, I can't keep track. Right, probably more than like uh, 30. Right, so thirty buildings by yourself or with partners. So good thing uh, you asked, right? So, yeah. um, so myself, I'm around 70, 80. The rest are JV, and yeah. I say over a hundred because it's more like with JVs we're talking like one hundred and fifty or more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really found that I couldn't scale by myself. I got to a point where I just got too busy, and it's not. So. Well, I was about to say like it just sounds like <laughs> yeah, you don't sleep. I mean, I would assume somebody who acquired that many properties that quickly when you don't realize, like, and no matter how many people teach you this, and I mean no yeah. offense, yeah. until you do it, you don't realize the systems you don't yet have. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I kind of learned by yeah. doing and making mistakes along the way. Yeah. So I, that's what I've been trying to do. And uh, So how many hours a week are, like, are you just done your job? You just, you went full out? No, I have a job still. A job? Not the same one though? Different one? Different job. I do, I work from home, remote, 100%, right? And You're 100% uh, remote, but you are like a 40-hour work week kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. It switched really, right? So before the job was the primary thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then I would try stuff on the side. Um, yeah. But uh, now it's, you know, the real estate first, the job on the side. So. And your employer's okay with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're aware of what's going on of course yeah <laughs> oh no sure aren't you are but that's all cool they're yeah all yeah you know i've uh i've always had something on the side when growing up right i tried many failed and i say failed ventures when growing up as well and you know i've always been that sort of an entrepreneur and i think real estate really just um 
helped me realize some of the things I was trying to achieve as a um, pseudo entrepreneur. Yeah, trying it yeah. out. Yeah, so that's fascinating to me. Like just like the the aggressive growth. <laughs> I, I I appreciate the entrepreneurial uh, element yeah. there. So like, give me an example of some other stuff you've done. So I've done Kickstarter, right? Um, and I've done Indiegogo as well. What's uh, that? It's like Kickstarter, right? Thing. Where you know what Kickstarter is? Oh, okay. So Kickstarter is a um, platform where people can propose business ideas, product yeah. ideas, and have people invest in it. It's sort of like raising oh, private okay. capital for real estate, so right? It's a small scale. Ah, uh, yeah, small scale. We're not talking equity stake or anything like that. We're talking yeah. about hey, and I'll give you a good example, and I'll I'll plug it because I sold the company. So 2015, I created the first iPhone for for dogs, right? So basically, it's a thing where dogs could call their owners. And we did put a patent on it and all that because you know engineering was my first degree so okay. kind of a nerd right <laughs> so i was thinking like what would be cool because so yeah. basically what it was was um it was a device that would feed your dog uh when it looked at it and it recognized the dog and it would call the owner so you'd be at work and you might get a call from your dog and and, and you can talk to him if you wanted to yeah, yeah. and I, I fundraised because i had no capital kind of poor at the time right mm -hmm. uh through a kickstarter which is uh know crowdsourced capital and raising these yeah. people get anything back for investing with you yeah they get uh, the very first prototypes the very first product version one when it actually gets to uh, mass scale right yeah uh so they get a the product right that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> all right well okay we're gonna have to uh so so entrepreneurship is in your blood you've yeah. been working a job and yeah and it's just not where your passion or where you want to end up is no no yeah. really it's just you yeah. know as i said failed i mean uh yeah. it did okay but yeah yeah you say failed did it make some profit um a little bit so that's not mm -hmm. a failure but not life-changing right I mean, I mean most yeah. businesses the unfortunate reality is lose money it's true for the first several years yeah you gotta be able to work through all that right I got to uh, test my product with a lot of pets, so I didn't like that. So. Yeah, so you're a dog dog person? Yeah, I got two at home, Welsh yeah. Corgis, two of them, English breed. Okay, so. and kids? And kids, yeah. And what does your wife do? She's uh, part-time. Part really... Takes care of the kids? How old yeah. are your kids? Five and seven. So. Five and seven. Yeah. Wow, man, that sounds busy. Well, it's busy, but the thing is the passion, right? Like, I yeah. see many people uh working the way into the ground right and you know I, I just wanted that time freedom you know the time with kids yeah. and family and everything that's really what i want to do yeah you yeah. know and it kind of sounds like you're getting at that but you know how people say it like it really you really have to know your why to like to go after it yeah and I, when mm -hmm. i see people do extreme things i'm my spidey senses tell me that it's either something like somebody got extremely focused on what they were trying to achieve yeah. or hit an extreme pain point. Mm. Was it one of those things for you? I would say the latter, right? The pain yeah. point piece. Yeah. Over the year, after having kids for a while, yeah. you know, working hard, I noticed that, you know, I wasn't really good at my job anyways as an engineer or a business person. Mm -hmm. It's more just starting to dip a bit, right? I start to forget things, right? I'm not as proficient as a 20-year-old, right? On doing like coding, right? For example, right? Really? Right. And I noticed I'm like, okay, I'm starting to slip a bit. Right. So I'm thinking like, well, how can you sustain, you know, your life or, the, or at least the, the performance of in life, right. To achieve mm -hmm. something, um, outside of your regular skill set, Right. Cause I was a trained engineer, mm -hmm. trained business, right. Tried my best, but I noticed over time you got young blood in the system they can code yeah. better. And then I thought, you know, what is the thing I need to do to keep that level of achievement that doesn't require you know those hard skills where i'm less proficient hey i wear glasses right my eyesight's getting worse every year as well so what can i do right 
Um, and, you know, I thought, might as well create some passive opportunities, right? Through real estate. Well, active right now. as we Sure, before, might, as, but, might as well just buy 100 units. I mean, why the heck not? <laughs> yeah, and, and partner with people that know how to do better than me, right? So that's all, yeah. 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 Well, okay, so let's, uh, let's talk about the people who you partnered with and yeah. when, when in the process did you partner with them? Yeah, so the first nine months was really just myself. You know, okay. I always walked the walk before I mm -hmm. talked the talk, right? And um, so acquiring the multifamilies, I said I started with the fiveplex. You know, I have an eightplex, a uh, couple other six, mm -hmm. seven plexes around. But uh, I, as I said, I ran out of time in the day. Like I couldn't scale myself, right? And I really you didn't. You were getting calls and tenants. Were you managing things yourself? No, no, I have property managers. It's more yeah. just uh, the complexities of uh, each deal cycle, whether it be a burr, a flip, yeah, or a high and hold, some, and all you that. You got some financing to refinance. You're, are you arranging contractors? You're doing all that stuff. Tried. Yeah. Just ran out of time. Yeah. Well, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> you should have talked to me before you did this. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I didn't even see. I wasn't in the game. I'm so late to the game. And also maybe. A little bit of i don't know if it's pain but knowing that so many people started this years ago yeah really got into it i wanted to the one thing i love is like when you do something like this when you buy one of those buildings it's like you set the bridge on fire behind you it's like there is no turning back <laughs> yeah like you gotta you, go forward yeah you just gotta go forward and then yeah. you'll feel the pain but there's nothing you could do to not go through it at that point of so you're just forced to so it's almost yeah. like and some people and i'm not recommending this but you could just do that as a strategy you just know it's going to be painful just do it. Yeah. As long as you know you're not going to get like totally devastated by yeah, it and all that, course, right? You can't, you can't invest in a losing investment or anything like that. But if you know it's going to be profitable if you put in the work, but you know it'll be painful, for some people that'll work. Mm. Not my advice, but I mean, I've done it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Too hey, many times. For me, it's just been, uh, I feel that inertia a lot of people folks have, right? Yeah. That fear, right? Inertia, that's a good one. It's a good way of saying yeah, it. Yeah. I guess it's my part of my engineering technical words. It's, it's I use. a good, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to start that movement. It is right? very hard. That's yeah. the thing. Like you hear good ideas, but if you don't take action on the good idea right away, people are out, someone else is going to take it. Right? Somebody else is going to do yeah. it. And yeah. there's good. And then before you know it, you'll hear three more good ideas that you won't have taken action on. And then that's almost devastating to your success. Cause then you yeah. think of yourself as somebody who doesn't take action. Right. And that's not good so well and, and that's why i mean my next level of stuff we're working on now is beyond just mm -hmm. acquiring our own doors is uh you now i've started our you know real estate coaching program as well right myself and suman who we run the show in your podcast as well nice uh trying to help others right both of us are from immigrant families right you know we're targeting a specific demographic here right people that are from a specific culture yeah. that are more humble like not humble but conservative right mm -hmm. so they don't take these aggressive moves uh well, I did, right? But, you know, other people, you're yeah. trying to help people out. And uh, yeah, that's the angle we're taking cool. right now. What's What would you say would be the most like painful realization in that 100-unit acquisition within 12, 12 months? Most painful? Yeah. Um, I would say what you plan to happen, like what your plans are, never really happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you think you can get an ARV, when you're planning out and yeah. we get to it most of the time it doesn't happen right so yeah would you say some of that was like naivete like like you well, just didn't know what you didn't know yeah i just yeah. go full force ahead i i think yeah so the thing the phrase i always use these days is good enough good enough yeah. which i think everybody needs a bit of good enough right yeah 80 percent good 
20%. If you're trying to get 100%, you never get it. Yeah, I don't even go 80 these days, Andrew, unfortunately. No? I'm going like 60, so. And in, in what areas yeah. of your life do you apply that to? Real estate, making decisions. And, um, and how, like in what context? Like give me an example. Well, if there's a competitive bid out there, right? Whether it be, you know, people are waiting for, you know, a phase one environmental, right, to be done, or maybe mm -hmm. an availability of a contractor to even quoting a renos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, you know, I kind of know the area. I have some comparables through my own portfolio or just talking to people. Good enough. Let me put a offer down, wave conditions if it's good enough. And yeah, go for it. Not worried about that bad environmental. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I look around, you know, so far it hasn't hurt me yet. Let's say, yeah, and I know some people, uh, for instance, my brother-in-law, we, we host a show together and, yeah. and he talks a lot about that in like any building he buys, like environmental's got to be there for sure but um i've also you know from a financing standpoint i've helped a lot of people buy buildings and they're not always getting environmentals especially if there's no reason to think there would be mm -hmm. any environmental concern right like if yeah. you're not near anything that would cause an environmental contamination then yeah uh, that would be that was my opinion but of course anything could happen Oh, for sure. But then you got to think like banks and especially price point too. A lot of banks under a certain price point, they don't require it. Right. It's like once you get over a million, that's when they really start wanting to see it more, which I'm sure a lot of what you're buying is actually under a million. Sure. But also like I closed a 24 unit recently too, right? Did that have an environmental on it? Absolutely. But I was okay yeah. to like wave it before even the environmental was done because. Yeah. yeah. So this deal was an interesting one where um, yeah. it was a foreclosure. Foreclosure. On, on a five year old 24 unit. And whereabouts was this? Alberta. In Alberta. Okay. West of Edmonton. They do foreclosures out there, not not power sale? Mm, it was foreclosure. Well, yeah, I think it's foreclosure. This is a, it was a credit union okay. that had uh, the first position on the previous seller. They yeah, can pay yeah. and they foreclosed on it. Okay. Um, they didn't do a power sale on this one. Uh, but what it was is that, you know, it was sort of the first come for surf, right? Once you found out about it, there was a ton of people waiting in line. But I might have had the best offer, but I just said, wave condition, let's just take it. Without the environmental. So other people might have offered more, but they wanted the conditions. Three months. Yeah, due diligence. Due diligence, period. I just said, forget it, give it to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I mean. I don't want to say famous last words when you say it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't hurt me yet. Uh, but it's, it's again, yeah. it's like sometimes it's, if you're if you're okay with there there might be uh, some skin knees along the game and some people that's just well, how they play the game like i i think this site's good i'll deal with what comes of it like what's you know what's the worst contamination and how would i deal with it if it did happen yeah um there's a way to reason through that i think so too and then for yeah. me you know coming from a you know engineering background good enough for this was okay i mean it's a five-year-old mm -hmm. building you know purpose-built you know i've actually physically seen mm -hmm. the area Side of the golf course, so I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not a contaminated. So I wonder if they, what they would think of like the pesticides golf courses use. Maybe would that be an issue? I don't know. I I know I've seen even mention of uh, like the salt road salt getting into soil. Really, that's a thing. Like, that's they, a thing too. Yeah, yeah, they don't like that. Wow. Okay. Uh, these these um, <laughs> like uh, I think I think of a name of one of these, but these geotechs, they'll they'll pick up on all that stuff. Uh, now whether that's of concern, I don't think they really care too much. For but phase they one? will make mention. Phase yeah. one. Well, that would be when they get into testing. No, phase, oh, no, phase no. one is not actually a physical test. Exactly. It's they just, just like, walked around, look around. Look around yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So if you make it into the next stage, oh, then I see. they start. Yeah. I haven't, that. I don't know if I was just say lucky or I haven't yeah. had that experience of phase two yet or anything. Dude, but. I love it. Like, <laughs> I wish you nothing but success in this. I think it's awesome. Uh, uh, so, yeah. so let's, let's dig into <laughs> one of these buildings. Like, okay, first off, do they, do they all cash flow? 
Like every one of these buildings? No. Some cash flow better than others. They all cash flow positive, but they don't cash flow all as strongly. Like a right? break even. So that's a that's a win compared to what a lot of people are getting. Yeah. I can talk about my first Aplex in New Brunswick where, you know, I think I overpaid. Okay. So so what's the average rent on that Aplex? About uh, 850 850 When you bought it, that's what it was or that's what it is now? No, what it is now. I lifted the rents. <laughs> yeah. Did you have to do renos? Oh, Absolutely. Eight units of the eight, I probably did renos on four of them now. Okay. Well, when you say renos, like if I change a countertop, is that a reno? I guess so. So really minor lipstick and, yeah, and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, one of them I had to do a pretty hefty paint job because it was smoker in there before, right? Yeah, uh, but I mean, that's that's minor. <laughs> a hefty paint job is minor, so that's good. I don't know. See, yeah. I've only yeah. been in this game for less than two years, so I don't know what is major or minor, but yeah. hey, you know. Yeah, I think major, I think people like, you know, they're maybe adding an addition, they're gutting, oh, fully yeah, gutting the that. place. Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah. yeah I've added units to a, like a, a duplex, I turned it into a triplex. That's major because you're adding a unit, right? And that was out in New Brunswick? Yeah, same neighborhood. You know, I uh, was lucky enough there where I made it. I guess it's a, it's a people game, right? Like mm -hmm. I talked to people around and one of the contractors I was using, he was um, asked by one of the banks, Big Five, to fix up like a portfolio of properties because they foreclosed, mm -hmm. right? So I said, just give it to me. I'll give you cash, right? Which was not really my cash, but, you know, investors. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them was uh, like a duplex that had an opportunity to create, you know, a triplex. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I was lucky for that one. And it made financial sense to go ahead and do that? Yeah, because I bought it for ridiculous. Uh, the appraised value was probably like 40% more what I bought than it because I bought it as a portfolio. Okay. But at the same time, it was a foreclosure, right? Okay. So. <laughs> so the foreclosures have done you well, just aggressive bids. Just aggressive bids, meeting the right people at the right time and yeah, figuring it out. So Okay, let's yeah. let's go through what this deal looks like. Yeah. What what are your uh, your annual taxes on that approximately? The f which one? The a the Aplex? Aplex, yeah. Yeah, it's probably around mm, maybe two two ish. I don't know exactly. Like two hundred a month or two thousand a year? Uh, about two thousand five hundred a year, yeah. Yeah. All right, two thousand five hundred a year yeah. maintenance. Uh, do you do mm -hmm. like an eight percent allocation? Probably, or? yeah. Yeah, especially with older stuff, you're gonna have, you know, you're gonna you have just, a lot of. When stuff. I underwrote it first, it was like five, I thought, yeah. and it, as I said, never works out, right? Usually with the older buildings, I'll even budget like ten, yeah, just because I know like life cycle things come up before you know it, you're replacing a furnace or something. I know. Oh, wow. yeah. Thank God I haven't done that yet, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, management, what do you what do you pay for that? Five percent. Uh, it's because I got to a certain number of doors. Uh, originally started at seven, but uh, today it's about five. Five. Okay. So I'm let's just bad. see here. So insurance yeah. wise, what are you paying? It's tough, right? Because my insurance broker, I kind of uh, have a portfolio of properties and they... There'll still be there'll still be a mention of that. Yeah. Do you know ballpark? They've pro I'm guessing it's going to be like in a few thousand range. Yeah. Like four or three or four. I don't remember. Maybe not that high, right? Three but thousand maybe? Maybe three thousand. I would go lower on that one. Yeah, for sure. Okay um and then utilities are you paying for them no nothing no because i transferred them over recently so is it centralized water uh centralized water um it is centralized water yeah so i they pay electricity right yeah. but then the water yes it is water electric, and it's electric heat right electric heat yeah, yeah. baseboard heating 
Okay. Yeah. Hi, friends. I just wanted to take a moment away from the episode to tell you about my brand new structured coaching program. This is the first time I've ever offered a structured coaching program where we'll have regular meetings in addition to an intro call uh, to go through what your goals are and help you get on a plan to achieve those goals within real estate. So if you followed me for some time and you feel that I would be a fit for you to help you achieve your goals in real estate based on my skill set, based on the topics we cover on this show, I encourage you to head over to my website, andrew-hines.com forward slash coaching and fill out the questionnaire so that we can schedule a call and figure out if it's a fit for us to work together. Let's face it, most people could benefit from a second set of eyes and ears going over their strategies, different deals that they're looking at, and helping to springboard ideas back and forth. This is a program that's exactly for that. So if you're looking to build confidence in what you're doing in real estate investing and get very clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish, this might just be the program for you. Take a moment, fill out that questionnaire, and let's schedule a chat. Well, note about the the utilities. That's part of the reason why your rents are lower because they're yeah. paying a big chunk in electric baseboard heating over the winter. They're probably paying like five hundred a month in the cold. Well, months. here's the thing, right? Some of my other buildings, you know, yeah. you got oil heating, right? Which is even worse. It's very expensive. Oh, worse my... than electric? Yeah, oil For cost. Yeah. So remember, I started this in 2022, right? Yeah. Right? Oil's in through the roof, right? Remember, gasoline prices, everything was crazy at the time. Yeah, we have propane heat in my house. It's... Uh, bad <laughs> got oil where i'm paying like thousands a month for like like just heating actually yeah. one time i remember dead yeah. of winter late 2022 i spent like two thousand five hundred dollars in just oil heating wow in one month one month just on one building yes just filling up the tank yeah used to fill the tank up yeah. to, at first i thought someone was stealing oil from my tank because it was so valuable at the time like it's yeah. so expensive but it was like crazy it's insane yeah, it's like 500, like a fill on my our propane oh, tank. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like monthly fills, five, five, six hundred plus the delivery and the uh, rental yeah. charge. And for me, yeah. I, my tank ran out halfway through the month. Holy crap. So I had to call in you the emergency, you know. Yeah, emergency uh, fill. <laughs> oh, which you, of course they pay a premium right for that too. And yeah. Oh, God. It sucks. Yeah, don't run out. Uh, but it's good to, uh, if you have backup system for something like that. This is why the, there's such a big push for heat pumps too, yeah. Uh, which I don't like. Um, but uh, you don't like the heat pumps? I don't like that they're just electronic and can break. Because now let's say uh, let's say we don't have um, great pricing on electric. Say their electrical prices go through the roof in the yeah, next few yeah. years. Now everybody's basically on electric heating, oh, right? Of course. Yeah, and it's way more efficient than than uh, resistant heating like baseboards. Sure. Yeah. But uh, it's still you know. If if electricity goes down, I like to be able to burn something. <laughs> I like having a fireplace. Well, yeah, yeah. rather burn burn yeah. propane than oil, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so common utilities. You're you're paying for centralized water. Sure. There's a water sewer bill every month. Yeah. Is it big? Do you I, know. No, it's not that big, right? Oil sewer. Like a couple hundred, hundred bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So probably like probably twenty five hundred a year or something like that. And then do you have like a centralized electric meter for common lights or anything like that? Yeah, but it's really like lights in the stairwells, right? And yeah, how, so maybe add on like 500 a year for that. Maybe, yeah, a little bit yeah. more than that. Okay, we'll call it 3,500 for all utilities. Let's do that, right? Yeah. All right. And then landscaping and snow? Well, there's almost no, uh, it's almost up to my uh, border of my property line. So there's almost nothing to uh, okay. landscape. But for snow, snow removal, it's sort of a... Uh, I mean the parking lot, right? I guess. Yeah, so you got to get that cleared. Yeah, and it's actually per per per, uh, per, per snow plow. Snow plow. Yeah, so I don't. It really depends, right? Yeah, yeah. like is it a uh, fifty bucks a plow or something like that? Probably put up. I would put it up to about maybe sixty a plow. 
right? So 60 a plow, maybe you're doing it 10 times a month across six months or five months. We're talking New Brunswick, so yeah, makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, more than here, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what did I say? 10 times a month times 60 yeah. times, we'll call it five months. Yeah. Yeah. Five. About three grand in the course of a year. Does that sound sure? A little high, but that's okay. I mean, it good enough. Right? We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. put it twenty five hundred. Yeah. And then uh, anything else? Well, I mean, from an expense side, I would say uh, no. From an operating expense, no. No. Uh, I mean, other things have been capital investments, right? Yeah, sure. Right You've done renovations. You put them. Yeah, you, you know, fix them. some uh, soffits here and there, eave trough work. You know. Yeah. Kinda. And what did you uh, what did you pay for the building? So this one was uh, four twenty. 420 and then yeah. you added in some renos as oh, well. Oh yeah. Yeah. So let's make it like capital costs let's say another 60 or something or something. Yeah. Okay, but you you didn't refi that. Like that no. was a number. Yeah, no. okay. So no. No. Uh, no. So, we'll, uh, so I, what did you finance I, it with? So for this one, I, I should have really burned. I just entered wrong. <laughs> didn't know. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know at the time, right? It was one of my first ones. So I I, ref, I so I financed with RBC. Okay. First position, 75% loan to value, right? Yeah. Uh, interest rate was around, I forget, it was like crazy. It was like six or something like that. On a five-year? Yeah. Uh, Three-year. Three-year. Three year. Uh, so, oops. So you're 75%. That would have been 315. You would have been a 25-year amortization, right? Yeah. And then you were 6% interest rate. Yeah. So you're like two grand a month in mm -hmm. payments, mm -hmm. which still leaves at the new rentals, uh, rental rates. You're like three grand a month in cash flow. Right. But the thing is to cover the remaining 25, right? I took some private as well, right? Don't find us that. Gotcha. That's the reason why I'm getting close. <laughs> okay. So you, yeah. you did, you bought, uh, borrowed 25 grand or 25%? Uh, I borrowed. So I have 5% skin in the game. So 5%. the remaining, yeah. So the remaining was, uh, private and, okay. uh, Still so going through there, yeah. So what are you borrowing that private money at? Around uh, 10. 10, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's 700 a yeah. month for that. Oh, you're still making a couple grand. Well, then I had to pay for the capital, right? And ongoing things that, you know, come out of nowhere, but seven is okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you're still, well, I do have an 8% maintenance in here, but maybe we should have increased that to uh, a 10, because I just know these older buildings, especially that that's many That's what we were units. talking about earlier, right? Like I, yeah. yeah. Like eight grand a year, you could so easily spend eight grand a year in maintenance. Uh, oh, for like, sure. Like you have a few doors broken, you have a bunch of miscellaneous repairs, holes in drywall, you do some light renos here and there, just like upkeep renos, paint a unit. That's like a couple grand right there, three and the, grand. And just knowing the geography of this area, yeah. right? So it's actually by a waterfront, right? Yeah. And it gets a lot of wind in one side. So like for example, a siding, the siding that faces the water right now, probably gonna have to spend that extra 2% you're talking there from just, eight to 10%. Just to replace it? Yeah. You can't clean it? Is it because of the salt? Oh yeah, it's, we're talking the, the ocean. the ocean right so it's tough right yeah it just gets, it just gets <laughs> it's just a hammer it gets hammered right what does the salt do to it degrades uh yeah. the siding right and you know, it wow. wasn't the best before so yeah yeah this is why yeah so so factoring in sort of my 10 percent or whatever in this case would be have those life cycle items like your windows your roof eventually that goes you're gonna yeah. have five grand for that yeah, yeah if you're not kind of setting it aside on a year-by-year -year basis for that it'll really slap you when you have to <laughs> have to pay that amount but here's the thing i yeah. mean um i think i the arv or the the valuation of it now right i'm guessing using comparables and the mm -hmm. you know would be around about six I mean, we're talking about yeah. something that I bought for 420. It was in the best shape, right? We yeah. took care of it, you know, and I'm hoping that yeah. when it's ready, we can refi. But as I said, this one, Andrew, this is one of my first deals. Yeah. Yeah. I could have really came in, bridged it, you know, refied it mm -hmm. after working on it, but uh, I didn't know. So, 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, when you come into the first one, but uh, you're still doing well here because your total investment is basically uh, the 60K. Right. Um, and then you had another 5%, which worked out to be how much approximately? I just have my formula up here. So 5% of 400 is what? 20 grand? Around there, yeah. And you're about 20 grand in? Yeah. 25 maybe? Um, so you're like 85 grand into the deal? Yeah. At 85 into the deal, you're like 40% return on investment. Your cash on cash is like 30%. 30, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. And appreciation, I mean, I could, I guess if you zero out appreciation and just expect stagnation, you're still 30, 36%. Because you're paying down your mortgage about like six grand a year or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that sounds like on paper, great deal. So, I mean, in execution, you mm -hmm. said the renovations were a pain. Like, how did you they find were. these people? Yeah. You mean the, you mean the renovating, you mean the contractors? Yeah. Yeah. You know, word of mouth, right? I only select a contractor these days if I get at least three referrals from people. So, social media, asking people around. To be honest, I started with a very bad contractor first. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, I probably spent, not to that extent, but like 5K asking him to do some cabinet work. Yeah, and it didn't work out. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. It was pretty bad, right? So I had to change. So yeah. it was trial and error for a bit, Andrew, and, you know, I was lucky enough, right? That's yeah. awesome. So well, not awesome for my 5K. So you went good. out there, yeah. you had to stay in a hotel, presum presumably, and yeah. then you're, you're bringing the family with you. Yeah. And, and you're investigating the area, making calls, meeting people. Well, first I went on by myself. And, you know, I thank yeah. my wife here. If she ever listens to this. Yeah. You know, all of this is because of her support mm -hmm. and the family as well. And, uh, you know, that belief, right? Yeah. So that's why I always, and one thing I do is every property in a region where I think it makes sense for my family to visit, I have at least one STR myself interesting right. so that's where my family has to go to state like i talked about the lobster thing earlier right i always have at least one sdr where i can stay in same as alberta same as but everywhere. that's like its own business sdr you know i mean yeah it's a different use of the unit and the property i right but i mean running yeah. short term you know you're in hospitality you've you've started yeah. a small hospitality business Never thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I run hospitality, so I oh, know. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I know your background. Yeah, absolutely. I know what it's like. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's a lot of work, especially, like, for instance, finding cleaners, although maybe it's easier to find work out there. Yeah. You know what? I would say there's an excess amount of um, labor that yeah. wants to do this type of work. Yeah. A little easier than working at the fisheries or even in, uh, yeah. in, in Edmonton, you know, the oil so fields. So they'd rather clean than do. Yeah. You know, some people are more, they like that, right? Mm -hmm. I, and I use my Alberta SDRs as well, where, you know, you could work in the oil fields, which is just tough work, right? You're talking in the mud fields, you're working mm -hmm. the oil, right? Or you can just do some SDR work, right? Might be yeah. making a little less, but it's more comfortable, right? So, yeah. So yeah. you have a short-term rental in Alberta as well? That's right. Yeah. Which city? Uh, so this one is near, oh, it's just Edmonton. Oh, it's in Edmonton? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I have other, the 24-hour close was in uh, near White Court, Fox Creek, which is uh, White Court. So do you know where Grand Prairie is, which is about... Yeah, that's south, isn't it? That's or no, west. Grand Prairie, the, northwest? It's west of Edmonton. It's becoming the third largest urban center uh, in uh, Alberta. It used okay. to be Red Deer, which is okay. between Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah, I know that place. But, Gred, but Grand Prairie, um, I visited there recently, has its own airport, it's uh has a population of just over 120 okay. but we're talking like 40 percent growth in the last like two or three years it's insane how this is growing it's insane yeah and why is it so much just because immigrants of the oil? yeah no immigrants so that they built a 900 million dollar hospital they finished mm -hmm. it 
they also have a $21 billion oil contract yeah. in the region. But also because I would say it's very uh, immigrant fam friendly. Yeah. The uh, min the mayor, right, is immigrant guy, right? And he's bringing in people in. Uh, yeah. And I would say that has the best Indian food I've ever tasted in, in the middle White of Court? nowhere. No, in uh, in in uh, Grand Prairie. In Grand Prairie, okay. But yeah. that's really far from White Court. So you I know. So I just, so for one of the things I like doing, Andrew, yeah. is doing real estate investment trips. So I went to okay. Alberta. I met a hundred people. I looked at 100 doors, of which 50 I have under contract right now, mm -hmm. and I also drove 100 miles, 1,000 miles, right? Um, and I did that in a week, right? And so I drove from Edmonton to the White Court to Fox Creek, and I mm -hmm. drove to Grand Prairie as well, so. Wow, okay, um, so, but your places are in uh, in Edmonton and uh, White Court, Fox Creek area, yeah. yeah. Okay, but not, and then Grand Prairie's on the- uh, on Well, I got 50 doors under contract there now, so. <laughs> so you're about to be uh, over 200 then. Um, if they close, we'll Pretty see. Close. Okay. I mean, 27 for sure. The other 23 yeah. ran into some um, issues where the seller, even though under contract, did some funny business with the leases. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not not a bad place to uh, to own real estate relative to Ontario because yeah. landlord laws are better. Oh, yeah. So you're I not like invested that. in Ontario at all? I am. I okay. have uh, I have uh, I two, only two SDRs uh, okay. I invested in recently. So Where are they? Lake Simcoe. Near Barry, okay. south of it, yeah. And for the majority of these deals, you said you didn't come in with much of your own capital. No. So no. you were borrowing like promissory notes the whole time? Yeah. I also, uh, I've been, well, I don't know, fortunate enough to look at uh, self-directed self -directed mortgages as well through register funds. Yeah. So people are, are lending to that. Okay. Yeah. It's just, you know, I find Canadians, yeah. even immigrant families, they like to save, which mm -hmm. is, you know, building the culture. And uh, just showing them another way where I think in 2022, my own RSPs, because I worked at corporate, I worked at the banks yeah. before, right? I, I got a negative one return. Yeah, it's, that's probably pretty common. Yeah. So, so. You, yeah, that's a, that's an easy angle for people. And now you're able to technically go up to almost 100% or I guess... 90%. They changed you, the rules, unfortunately. It was 100% yeah. until like earlier this year so oh, okay yeah. so 90 percent, and that's with uh a community not no olympia trust will do will do it right? yeah olympia trust i think yeah. there's another one as well but yeah olympia. used to community trust used to do it and then they stopped they stopped doing it yeah yeah, yeah. uh okay so you can go to 90 percent, and yeah is this just like in your community like, like where, um, do you, where do you find a lot of these people yeah well within my culture my community right but also yeah. just uh, through the real estate community because uh i've been lucky enough to connect with certain people hubs where yeah. You know, I, I have a deal. I talk to people. I know how the Olympia Trust process works. Some people s stay away from my notice because it's not the easiest. It's not like a P note, promissory no, note. not at all. Yeah, you've got the, first of all, like coming from banking, yeah. a lot of the banks do not want people's retirement savings to leave the bank, right? Yeah. So they make not. it as difficult as possible. Yeah. You have two hurdles, right? Like one, you have to get it from wherever it is over to Olympia. Yeah. And then you got to get from through Olympia. Their, their due diligence process yeah. to even allow you to invest your own money in that. A hundred percent. And yeah. I find that is tough because a lot of Canadians I find they don't have a retirement savings in one place. They have it in a bunch of places. Yeah. It could be insurance, right? It could be like a manual yeah. life, right? They have registered mm -hmm. accounts there as well. And I speak from my own experience because mm -hmm. I lent out my own registered funds. Okay. And, uh, but yeah. You know, these are untypical, non-typical results, right? <laughs> what results? A hundred units in a year being able to raise money like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, sure, people could do raise money like that two years ago, uh, but raising money like that today is, is stuff that much harder. Yeah. There's still people ready to lend. It's just, yeah. there are less of them.
Well, I mean, the story I really tell is that I feel that, you know, even when you're starting in the real estate game, everyone has their own successes in life, right? It doesn't have to be real estate related. Mm -hmm. And I find that when I first pitched my first deal to someone to raise capital for, it wasn't even about real estate. Yeah, just talking to them, making a connection. I have kids, right? I have a job. I've tried entrepreneurship in the past, right? Yeah. I have belief in this deal and I'm hoping they can join me in this journey, right? Yeah. And I started small, right? Andrew, I started with like 30K, right? Yeah, let me 30K. 30K P note, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I gave them back early and they said, oh, can I recycle this investment? Yeah, right? can I do it again? Hey, if you're paying people, they're getting checks from you. And odds are they're not going to want their money back. Just keep no. giving me checks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even yeah. the term runs out. Like I did, I signed a one-year term. Yeah. And they're on uh, more yeah. than one year now, right? So I've... Out of all the peanuts I've borrowed, I have had maybe one person ask for it back. Yeah. The rest of them wanted to keep it going, but you know, something came up and the guy needed his money. So percent. Yeah. 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 They don't <laughs> they don't really want it back. As long as you keep paying them and you give them no headaches. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Even the those register funds I find even more sticky. It's in the retirement savings account, right? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. At Olympia Trust, they're not gonna Yeah can't use it anyways right so talk to me about your process for like making these offers on these buildings because typically like i don't know what you're into out there for a 25 unit building is a couple million to 24 unit building in alberta you talked about yeah yeah it's uh over two over two yeah so two million they're you know obviously you're going to need a deposit on that offer like sure 25 50 grand it was about 50 grand on that one yeah and if you're doing a lot of this and you got money into all these other deals all of a sudden those 25 and 50 grand deposits add up so yeah. you have people you just call up, hey, got to put together a deposit. Um, well, I think, I think I've been lucky because I, we talked about inertia. I, mm-hmm. I actually like using the analogy of a snowball as well. So yeah. inertia's the done the momentum, right? So as I refi the smaller, and you know what? I always tell people this. Don't forget about the smaller multis. When I mean smaller, I mean, you know, the, the residential multis, right? Duplex, triplex, fourplex, fiveplex, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Because those guys, I can quickly refi those and I'm prepared for those. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just, uh, if I can make a, a, a side here, those mul- those smaller multis I find very valuable. One for uh, mm-hmm. refining quickly and maybe getting some equity out of there to use for deposits on bigger yeah. stuff. And two, to secure funds against for bigger deals. Like I find that a lot of people want to secure their funds, whether it be through registered yes. or another. Yes, yes. And then you can't get, you know, on the bigger yeah. stuff, they won't allow you to get second, third, fourth positions on these things. It doesn't make sense, right? So mm. I keep a smaller, a portfolio of smaller multis. It gives you an opportunity to secure. Pretty clear, right? Just yeah. free and clear and then try it. So, yeah. So that's you how keep, I, you keep them free and clear. Some of them I keep free and clear because I would put yeah. registered on it in first position yeah. for people and get those funds, use it for a deal, pay them back. Or, yeah. yeah. This is insane. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know, uh, if you don't do it today, you you know, yeah. when are you going to do it? And for me, as I said, Andrew, I think for my aggressiveness is not really just blind aggressiveness is, you know, I got to catch up. I know I have a, a ton to learn. I'm just immersing myself into it now because, as I said earlier on, I'm finding yeah. my programming skills, programming in C and COBOL yeah. back in the day. Like, I'm not a, I can do it, right? But I'm not yeah. good at it, right? And over time, I feel that the value I can bring to mm-hmm. my family and the partners are really around, you know, these yeah. relationships and making these things happen. So what yeah. kind of tools and systems and, and help do you use in your business to not lose your mind with that many <laughs> units? Because yeah. if you like tried to self-manage, like you'd be, yeah. um, you know, you'd need a whole organization for that. It's not sure. that you couldn't do it and some people would, but yeah. you need regional help. Like you need people on the ground in each location. Yeah. So talk to me about the systems you have, you know, all that, what are you doing? So let's talk about 
the power teams on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. So each region, I have local, of course, pro- property management. I like property managers that actually have a, a reno arm to it as well. I notice mm-hmm. a lot of them are families as well, especially yeah. in the Maritimes. So I have one which is fantastic. And uh, I mentioned my first fiveplex in Bathurst, right? Yeah. So the the wife is a, um, a property manager. The husband runs a rental company. So it's easy, right? So together. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also like localized, of course, legal help. And they actually, the lawyers there will help you connect with other people. So they have local knowledge around uh, deal flow coming in. But also, as I mentioned, one of the angles I like doing with these uh, local legal help is some of them actually do, say, immigration or other type of practices where they yeah. give me insights, right? So you get your ear to the ground. Yeah. And of course, all the other things I use in terms of systems is really software platforms. You know, I mentioned I program, right? So one yeah. of the things frameworks we I use from programming are software development is Agile uh, and Kanban, right? These are systems where you, when you develop, develop a software, there's a ton of people working on different things. And this is a process that, uh, you know, you take step by step. You're, you're tracking every task along okay. a journey. Okay. So it's and, almost project, man, project management software? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So I use that framework. Right? Yeah. So there's a couple of things like um, mm-hmm. Monday.com, right? Okay. You heard of that? I have heard of it. I yeah. haven't used it. Yeah. So it's those are project management type of tools, but I use it for real estate, right? Yeah. Because I got too much going on, right? So... Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That. Do you use any AI tools? Oh, man, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I've been working on uh, what I call the very first chat GPT bot for real estate investors. So I've been working on that because I'm a, as I said, I'm a programmer, right? right yeah. So. Like, it'd be great to have, and this is obviously come, but like yeah. one that could, you know, pull QuickBooks API, like upload the invoices, throw them in a folder. Yeah. Yeah. You know, do all of that. And I yeah. feel like we're not far from that. Like that functionality is like. So I'm using ChatGPT for deal flow, underwriting, and uh, managing, just basic thing, but connecting to QuickBooks and all that. um, Honestly, I'm thinking of hiring a VA to help me. Yeah, you can do all that with a VA. So ChatGPT, like, do you have like a going thread for different areas or each deal gets its own thread? So ChatGPT, the new version 4, 4 Plus that you pay for, which I'm lucky enough I have that. I just got off the wait list on that. I just got it today. Nice. Congratulations. (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining the club. That's great. That's tough. Oh, man, the wait list is tough, right? You're waiting for for so long, right? So I got that. And, you know, you can create your own GPTs now, right? And... So you create your own bot, yeah. Your own bot. Where you're training it. So you're are you kind of training a bot to to be able to analyze your deals for That's you? That's right. And yeah. the thing great thing about it too is not only does it can pull from the net, right? You can actually upload what it calls knowledge. So I have my own frameworks, yeah. processes. Yeah. I mentioned this Kanban thing, like the product project management thing. Mm-hmm. I would load it into it and say, Hey, learn this. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Cause I'm actually doing like working on parts of a business plan right now for, yeah. for one of our offerings and yeah. uh, i've been building it in a regular thread should i create my own bot for that you should yeah because then it can just learn everything exactly and, why would you need to do it manually like no you're smart you can do it yourself but the yeah. bot will make you faster right yeah well i was just doing one chat for it oh one to teach chat it. yeah well, oh, teaching okay. it within a chat versus yeah. creating a bot create a bot those are different right like, yeah because the bot is repeatable it, so when you say open it up and say hey this is andrew's bot yeah right? it's learning everybody knows it right yeah i, I would call it i would qualified it like a different persona like which chat gpt persona would you like to use today right yeah so i've got a deal flow persona yeah i've got an underwriting persona yeah. and i've got also what i call negotiation persona so this guy oh, will help me boy. negotiate yeah because <laughs> you know how you know chat gpt is great at yeah. you know forming emails right yeah it can it can you know have that conversation so yeah i've created these personas which you know i'm yeah. 
I'm working on to provide exclusive access to to some of our students. Like I'm working on it. Yeah. But uh, I find it funny. You're you're having conversations with it. It's how can you? So if I create that bot, I can basically allow others to use that bot. Yeah, you can publish it now. So there is a it. way to publish bots, right? Yeah, is there a next price tier for that? Oh yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, open open AI has to make some money, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but hey, if it, if it saves you time and money, like the twenty bucks a month US for uh, that's just ChatGPT is yeah. a joke. Yeah, uh, if you're using it effectively. Also, you got to get off the wait list, right? That's the thing. You got yeah. the results. So. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't on that long, but maybe it's because yeah. I've had an account for a long time. Yeah, so beforehand. a lot of people are still waiting, right? So a lot of yeah. people are still waiting, probably because they're new accounts. Yeah, exactly. Ah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, um, the fascinating world, like the things that it can do, and it's all really come to a head this year. I feel like I know, like it's never, yeah. never been uh, easier. And and now you can do like yeah, like you said, deal analysis, research this area. Tell me, tell me about the tourism stats. Tell me about uh, you know the employment stats. I can go out and research that. One hundred percent. Like yeah. I even ask some of the prompts I use is like, yeah. uh, show me all the, I guess the units for rent in a region versus uh, say the uh, the population or something like that. Come up with some ratios. Yeah, and so all that. give you so it can give you real time yeah. stats or things like comparables. Yeah. I actually the the most fascinating things I like mm -hmm. about it is it doesn't even have to be text. Mm -hmm. I've literally uploaded a photo of my like eight plots and said, find me a property like this. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be like, oh, you mean. Like yeah. this with eight units, I'm like, yeah, and this, and then it would ask, you know, yeah. where, and then you would yeah. talk to it, right? So, that's that's handy. So what what are yeah. your um, what are your like kind of weekly processes, you know, things that you you put on, and I, I refer to it as time blocking, but maybe you tell me how you describe it because you have to be systematic on a weekly basis to yeah. ensure that you're yeah. you're you're you know this this hour block is for due diligence. This hour block is for finding new deals. Sure. You know, putting putting new stuff in the top of the uh, the yeah. funnel. Yeah. Well, I see it as relationships, right? So mm -hmm. I block time for relationships, mm -hmm. the work for you know the actual hardware due diligence and all that. I do that on, on my own time, yeah. or get my ChatGPT to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. I can't do it, but every day I have a 10 yeah. p.m. Eastern call, and I actually have a group called the 10 p.m. Fund. Yeah. We're trying to start a fund, right? We call it the 10 p.m. Fund because we always have meetings every day yeah. at 10 p.m. Suman's on this call, right? Of course. Yeah. Right. right? Where'd That's, you guys meet? Like, how'd you meet? He was my first uh, investment. I gave him like his first P note. So you gave him his first? Yeah, because okay. I had no idea what I was doing in real estate. <laughs> this was uh, 18, 19. This is before I started my game, my okay. own game. And he and he was out there, you know, promoting him. Like, yeah, I don't know what this guy. So knew. you were watching him. You kind of knew. Well, as I said, right? I was watching stuff, the yeah. different communities, right? And, yeah, yeah. And that guy is part of every single real estate community there is. He's so. a little social butterfly and social media butterfly. Oh, he's, he's awesome, right? Yeah, he's good. He's but I said, hey, he looks good. And you can even ask him 10 minutes. I talked to him for 10 minutes. I said, mm. And I said, here, take my money. <laughs> That's how I knew him because I met him. Yeah. The power of like, because he puts himself out there and you, you develop does. a reputation, yeah. you, you become known. And that's one of the biggest things I like about having my personal brand and the podcast and, and the awesome. things I do is like, there's a lot of trust already built in if I get in a conversation with somebody. Oh yeah. Cause, cause I've been yeah. pretty darn consistent. I've been here for five <laughs> years now and long before that, well, you know, and you're to yeah. be honest, not all yeah. podcasts and yeah. hosts are doing well, but you're doing great. So people know. Yeah. That. You were talking that up off camera. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I always, you know, I'm one of my own toughest critics. You are? So oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not self deprecating. I just like, I, uh, I know I can do better. And I'm, I'm very, I try to be objective about my current level of success and the things I'm good at and haven't yeah. done. 
um, which some people take as me being negative. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just mm. saying I can do better. <laughs> you know, I think we all can do better, but yeah. sometimes, you know. You do have to uh, celebrate the wins too. That's right. Of yeah. course. Yeah. My wife tells me that all the time. I'm also like that too. I'm like, 100 doors, is that enough this year? You know, yeah. trying to work on that, so. Yeah, like i'm i'm inspired by it, man i, I want to know more about the nuts and bolts you could you could start a personal organization and systems uh youtube show and just share all about how you managed to do this and the systems you implemented to it's do funny it. how you yeah. say that and the reason why i say this because uh as i mentioned i was in alberta you know 100 yeah. people 100 doors a thousand miles yeah that was my trip i actually created a blog about that yeah. but uh my uh my pm out there said the exact same thing he said you should start a course or something about systems, right? Yeah. That's what he well, said. It makes perfect sense. So the, yeah. you mix business with engineering. Like that's like a dynamite combo uh, because you-, you I'm never the, good the at the it, technical, by the way. Yeah, but you don't need to be- it, You don't need to be an expert in either to be able to kind of like combine them. <laughs> Guess so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you went through business school, you you know more than most about business <laughs> and engineering think, the same. We, we think so, but I don't know. And you can program. So yeah. uh, well, I not well. Chappie T does most of it now. So, But that's, yeah. it, was, it reminds me of the Henry Ford quote, like, why would I need, he was, he was on trial for defamation or something like yeah. he was suing another guy, but they put him on the stand because it was a, like a defamation case okay and he was uh in an argument well it was court so yeah. they were they were basically uh saying well prove that you're not an idiot because somebody called him an idiot or whatever <laughs> and uh he's like well why do i need to know how to he was asking him technical questions about his cars and stuff he couldn't answer he's like mm. why do i need to know any of that when i can press a button and have somebody who has the answer to your question <laughs> come into the room within five minutes you yeah. know what i mean yeah. i don't need to know i i just need to know who knows and I think that's one of the reasons why, yeah. for me, I started this real estate game is because I noticed I started forgetting things, right? Yeah. I couldn't remember the nth detail of something, and which is, you know, an engineering yeah. is a very technical thing. Yeah. Couldn't remember anymore. Interesting. No. So I thought, man, you know, I'm probably going to lose my memory over time, right? Um, my family has some uh, history of dementia, too, okay. which is a pretty bad yeah. uh, disease, I guess we call it, or condition. So for me, I'm thinking like, <clears throat> if it's hereditary, I like to build systems, I like to build an opportunity where um, I can still be successful, even if the mm -hmm. onset of that, God forbid, of course, right, mm -hmm. um, happens in the future so that you know, my family, my kids, you know, friends, yeah. you know, still can uh, add value. So, yeah. That's, yeah, man, that's inspiring. I uh, I love this conversation. You'll have to come back and do a part two. Sure. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do people find you and learn more? Yeah, so I sp I'm on Facebook, right? And then LinkedIn. I haven't started the Instagram thing yet because, as I said, I'm only less than two years in this journey. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not as you know, social as uh, Sumon, but I'm yeah. trying. So next time I come on your show, Andrew, I'll definitely have a Instagram handle. And cool. Handles, yeah, right? we'll share the handle for Facebook or yeah, it, LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll put that in the show notes so you can uh, you can just click over to that. You've already sent that to me. I'm guessing. I did. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. I've got that. We'll make sure we get that out there. And uh, parting words of wisdom good enough folks right because if you don't take it now someone else is going to take it so from the engineer and mba yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty interesting advice and i uh it, there's definitely something to to think about there so cool well thank you very much for doing this no oh, hey thanks a lot yeah appreciate it all right. infinite banking in under 60 seconds we've all got to save our money somewhere and we think that a high cash value life insurance policy is the perfect place to save it why? We're going to save our money inside this policy and it's going to grow tax-free. Down the road, we're going to get hit with an emergency or an opportunity, maybe a chance to buy a business, real estate property, 
an income-producing asset, and instead of withdrawing from our savings account, we're going to leverage that asset. We're going to borrow the insurance company's money, and we're going to invest in that opportunity. Our money is still inside of that policy, compounding, uninterrupted, tax-free, and our money's outside in this investment opportunity. We're going to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, all while providing a death benefit for our families. Down the road, we're going to retire. Now we retire with a high cash value life insurance policy with a lot of cash. We're going to start taking those policy loans again, but this time we're never going to pay them back. When I say never, I mean we're going to pay them back with the death benefit when we die, and our families are going to get left with the rest completely tax-free.